Hello, and welcome to our podcast, What Makes Them Tip, innovations that changed everything, where we hear from business leaders and entrepreneurs about the moment, insight, or inspiration that made everything possible, and ultimately push them over the tipping point. I'm Mike Strada, founder and CEO of Arcalea, where we inspire business change by introducing data science, formal analytics, and provide implementation from marketing. Moneyball for growth-oriented businesses, we say success is now a science. Stay with us, and at the end of the show, we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in the industry. And with that, let's get started. Hello and welcome to What Makes Them Tip. I am your host, Jeff Ford, and on this show, I get the immense privilege of talking to amazing people who are doing amazing things and truly innovating in their particular entrepreneurial space. And we get to hear their secrets to success, get some good advice, and hopefully we'll glean a few nuggets along the way to improve our own journey. And today we get to talk to a gentleman who has his fingers on the pulse of consumer behavior and insight. So please help me welcome co-founder and managing partner of Think Now, Roy Eduardo Kokoyacek. Welcome to the show, Roy. Thanks, Jeff. I'm glad to have you. We're so uh, grateful that you took the time to be with us today. Uh, first thing we want to know is what do you guys do over at Think Now? So we are a um, marketing research company. So we it's consumer insights. Mm-hmm. So uh, clients hire us for two basic things. One is to help them understand mostly multicultural consumers, although in markets where multicultural consumers like California are sort of the the largest group, then we do the whole market or sometimes nationally. And they also buy um, survey respondents from us. A big part of our business is provisioning survey respondents to companies like Nielsen, Comscore, the big market research companies. Awesome. Awesome. So you'd really literally uh, are out there finding out what people are thinking and uh, what drives them to make certain purchasing decisions. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a client like Honda or Target might uh, hire us to help them better position uh, either uh, a vehicle with the maybe the Hispanic market or African-American market. Um, or, you know, consumer behavior across ethnicities or, or just straight up consumer behavior. Okay. And I, I mean, I can't even like begin to fathom how important that is for businesses to be able to make decisions and go forward. Uh, what, so Honda is a great example. What are some other examples of companies that you've had the opportunity to work with? Yeah. So in the automotive space, we've also worked with General Motors. Um, and in, so we've worked with Disney. Uh, we actually worked with, have worked with Google, uh, Facebook, Snap, even though they do a lot of their own consumer insights, they can only really understand what people do once they're on their sites. Uh, and so they hire us to, to try to better understand, the, uh, uh, get a fuller picture of their consumers outside of what they're doing on the sites. So, so they actually contrary to so what some people might believe, they actually spend quite a bit of, of, of money resources on doing additional research outside of just what they can pull from their own websites. I got you. So if a company or a brand has a new product that they want to get some 
you know, insight into before they launch it, uh, what would kind of be that process? What would that process look like with you guys? Yeah. So, um, it, it, you know, it, oftentimes these, the sort of the progression of what market research looks like is you may start off with some focus groups, right? It's qualitative research. And the reason to start off there is that if you decide that you want to just launch into, I'm going to create this survey and I'm going to get people to take it. You are creating the survey based on what's in your head, Mm -hmm. right? So without first listening to the consumers. So ideally you'll, you'll do some qualitative research so that they can tell you what you don't know. Once you get an idea of, you know, what's on their mind, then at that point you can then create a an awareness and usage study, you know, as a quantitative survey, um, you can then do brand tracking studies to see uh, how your brand is, you know, uh, changing over time. Um, you know, so there's it, it, there's innumerable types of research studies. Um, you know, we can do uh, shop alongs, not so much during COVID, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, we've worked with CVS, for example. And, um, you know, followed, um, actually in their case, they, they were converting certain stores to, um, uh, have them sort of Hispanic themes. And so we, we actually, uh, we're, we're interviewing people in the stores to see, you know, are they finding the items they're looking for? Uh, you know, are they happy with the experience? Those sorts of things. So just give them feedback on, you know, what, how they were doing and some guidance on, on, you know, where to go with that. I gotcha. So how do you go about find, like, what are some good ways to find the, the, the groups that you are able to get this information from? Right. So we have a particular niche in the market where we run, we own panels of U S Hispanic consumers, right? So it's, um, if you're looking for Spanish dominant U S Hispanics, you're probably, and, and you're a research company, you're probably working with us mm-hmm. because we, we have a, a, a real high level of expertise in being able to provision those types of survey respondents. Um, the, and, and, and where they come from, uh, they're, they're on panels online. So they, they're uh, taking surveys. Uh, we do a lot of recruitment. In that case, it's all in Spanish um, to, to bring them in. But additionally, we we usually are asked to do a full market read, so it's not just the Hispanic. We're actually pulling in samples of African Americans, Asians, non-Hispanic whites, and creating a representative U.S. market so that they can see, you know, oh, that Hispanic number is really high, but is that the same thing that everyone else believes, or is that something particular to Hispanics or particular to African Americans? So, so it's. It's all most of the work these days is done online. So, so they're coming from online panels. I gotcha. And so, what, uh, how long have you guys been doing this at Think Now? Uh, 10 years. So, yeah. So, we, we started the actually, it's like right now is our 10, 10 year anniversary. We started in uh, 2000, early 2011. Hmm. Um, you know, prior to that, I, uh, my business partner and I worked at another market research company that, uh, the owner sold it. And so instead of going to work for the new one, we started our own 
Um, and so, and prior to that, I worked at Warner Brothers in media research. Oh, now don't get me started. I, I'm a, I'm a kind of a geek about like pop culture and movies and stuff. And Warner Brothers is on my yeah. mind right now. We're they're dropping a lot of movies this year. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Excited. So we're, we're we're based in Burbank. Uh, okay, very cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what is, what's been the key to your success? Would you say like, what, what ways are you innovating and doing this, uh, in ways that kind of have helped lead to your success? Uh, yeah. So I think we had my, my business partner and I had the benefit of working for a, a, a research an, an independent research company prior to starting our own, right? So we we saw the ups and downs of of the business cycle, um, you know what uh, what types of clients you could you could conceivably get um, payment terms like a lot of we learned a lot, and one of the things that we decided early on is that we didn't want to just be a custom market research company. We also wanted to have this other side of the business, which was um, provisioning survey respondents. Um, and the reason for that is that custom market research has really highs and lows. There's a lot of, of you know, swings in, mm-hmm. in the business cycle there. And so what the uh, survey respondent business did for us, it provided a floor sort of a pretty consistent um, business that we could use to sort of uh, cushion the, the lows in the, in the custom work. Uh, so that was, I think, key to our initial success is that we, we we didn't have just one stream of customers. And since then, we've actually um, diversified into uh, public research, like federal contracts. We've done work for the U.S. Army, Department of Justice, the CDC, that type of work, which is also counter cyclical to the economy. If, if, if we're in a recession, the government tends to spend more money, you know, that sort of thing. And and. And we've now moved into sort of um, s- software as a service, meaning, meaning instead of a client having to call us and tell us they want to initiate a new project, they actually can buy a license to a platform that has all of our prior research and they can do polls on what do people think about X, you know, to, to help them with sort of segmenting their customers, you know. Uh, so it's, it's it, where they're actually buying licenses to, to, to our platform. And what do you think there was a specific moment or tipping point as you guys have been, I mean, nobody succeeds for, for 10 years with, by accident, right? You guys have been very intentional about moving forward. And uh, what was the tipping point for you guys where you realized this is, this is it, this is working. Yeah. So, so, so there's a couple things that, that I think we, we either did right or got lucky. Um, well, the first the first thing is when we were first when we first started the company, we didn't take money. Um, we were actually offered, you know, about a half a million dollars by the company that was buying the, the the business that we were both working at. You know, they they said, "Hey, we'd like to invest in you, but you know, there were conditions mm. uh, under that money." And so we looked at the conditions and we said, "No," because it, it that would tie our hands. Right. So we didn't take outside money because we wanted to do what we wanted to do. But around so that was around 2011 and 2015, though, things went sideways really badly for us. Um, 
we had our largest client at the time was a large beer company. Uh, we were doing a tracking study. So every day we would go out and ask people, what beer are you drinking? Okay. What did you drink this week? What did you drink last week? Um, and it was, um, and you know, uh, both online and in-person intercepts across the U S and it, at the time it was about 25% of our business. Um, they decided they wanted to change their methodology, uh, and do it completely different. And so the contract went away. So boom, we lost a quarter of our business. And at the same time, we had um, our um, online um, uh, sort of SEO, you know, uh, for our website outsourced to, to a guy who apparently was doing things that he shouldn't have been doing. And so we were blacklisted at the same time. So we were, uh, we lost 25% of our business. And if you typed our company's name into Google, it wouldn't come up. The only way that you could get it to come up was to actually type in the name, the URL, you know, it was like, it was was just really just horrific. And so we were, you know, pretty uh, stressed at that time. So, so yeah, so, so we did two things. One is um, we, well, we, 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 we increased sales and marketing, uh, in order to win back business. Uh, and so we said, okay, we lost a quarter of our business. Uh, but, um, you know, we still have all these other clients. We can, we can grow those. And so let's, let's really amp up sales and marketing, uh, in the short term, that was really painful because, you know, our revenue went down, but our expenses actually increased. So at the end of the year, 2015, we were, you know, a, a half a million dollars in debt or something, you know, some, something that was stressing us out like intensely. Uh, however, it paid off 16, 17, 18, 19, you know, boom, 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 boom. It just kept growing from there. So that's one thing. And then the, the next thing we did is we said, okay, let's take our um, SEO and sort of our, our, our marketing in-house. And so my business partner and I took, took real a hands-on approach to you know, writing blogs, uh, making sure that the content on our site was useful. Uh, we, we, since we're a research company, we can put out reports of our own, right? It doesn't cost us that much to do. And so we, we actually run our own reports. So we do a lot of content marketing that we hope people find useful, right? And then so slowly, boom, we, we were able to get back up in terms of our first page, Google results, et cetera. Uh, so we did those two things, um, at the time to, to sort of claw back. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I mean, and well, tell me a little bit about like from a personal perspective, because a lot of people are listening and that kind of stuff happens, you know, or, you know, anything that sort of this outside forces feel like they're coming in on you. What, what personally, what do you draw from to figure out what, like what the next step is like that? Yeah. So, so at the time it was really stressful, right? So starting your own business, I don't know if people who, who are employees, uh, you know, when they think about starting their own business, um, there, there's a pro and a con to it, right? The, the pro is that you are, uh, in charge of your own destiny and you can, you know, if things go bad, you can do something about it, right? Uh, you, you have a control of the levers to, to, to improve the situation. Um, the bad part about it is that you see everything, right? So it's sort of like 
you're standing, you know, on a rock in space and you're seeing everything that could kill you, you know, just coming at you from every direction. If you're, if you're an employee, you're, you tend to see just the little narrow path that, that they let you see, you know, as a, from a company perspective. But um, so at first it was overwhelming. Right. The this 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 feeling like you're holding up the earth, that that uh, you're holding up and that you're responsible for people's salaries and and, and things like that. Mm. However, I think what eventually um, sort of gave me personally sort of peace was that um, surviving the you know, that 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 real downturn in 2015 and coming back w- once I came through that uh at this point you know if uh, if if something occurs that i would rather not have occurred i i sort of think okay that's not what i would have preferred however where are we now what you know where do we go and so and so i i don't uh i i realize now that not everything uh is you know permanent Right. Mm-hmm. That, that, that these are just transitional phases we go, that any business needs to go through. And so I think, OK, this period, you know, will last this long. You know, last year was a crazy nightmare, I think, for everyone. Um, but, you know, the, in the fourth quarter, we, we had, I think, our strongest fourth quarter ever. You know, so, you know, so that I, I've now come to realize, oh, yes, they, these things are cyclical. Yeah. And so just just hold on, you know, don't don't freak out it's you know just keep calm and things generally you know there are cycles and and then you just got to catch the upswing that's a great perspective just everything everything uh is comes in seasons kind of it's like this is just a season and uh we're gonna i i live in cleveland and so i'm a cleveland browns fan and we're always saying there's always next year uh that kind of stuff uh it, it feels like in business sometimes it's like this is just this is just something we got to get through. We got to rebuild and, and move on. It sounds like you guys have done that uh, tremendously over there. Now you mentioned that you you are kind of in a uh, a niche for this type of work and uh, that multicultural focus. Is, am I wrong that it seems like doing this kind of research multiculturally shouldn't be a niche, right? Shouldn't that be the way everybody's doing it? Yeah. Yes. It, um, here, here's the the problem, though. Um, when when we first started, we, we we didn't do this by choice necessarily. We did it by by um, necessity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 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 what got us? So the the reason that we're I I believe I, I not that anyone actually keeps these these numbers or statistics, but I believe we're 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 the the largest purveyor of say Spanish dominant uh, survey respondents in the U S um, we didn't do that because we woke up one day and said, Hey, let's, this is really what we want to do. Now, the reason we did it is because we, we ourselves need, we needed those respondents and no other business could, could provision them. Sure. Right. And, and so what we decided, so we said, okay, well, there's a, there's definitely a need for it. So let's build it. And if we can use it and and find it useful, then probably other businesses will also, you know, use it and find it useful. So, uh, so for us, it was it was sort of letting the market speak to us, and you know, what does it need, and that's why we did it. And then the reason that they, I think, that we we were successful in it, 
is that I'm, I'm Argentinian. So I, I was born in Buenos Aires, mm-hmm. thus the Eduardo in my, in my name. Um, my business partners is Mexican American. We both speak Spanish. So we, we actually went to Mexico and had our panels built in, in Tijuana in Mexico. Uh, cause we're here in Burbank. So we just drove down and, and had it all built in language in Spanish. So all the marketing, all the, the, everything that the respondents see were built in Mexico by native Spanish speakers. All of the panels in the U S that existed prior to that, that had U S Hispanics, they were simply, uh, translated versions of their English language, mm. um, platforms. And sometimes it really felt like Google Translate. It was like word salad. And so if you were a Spanish-speaking respondent and you were trying to make it through that, it was often very difficult. And so so I think that's probably why we had success in that we made the experience um, frictionless or less less friction for the actual respondents by actually creating it in market, in culture, you know, in Mexico, and then bringing that to the U.S. So, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just that's innovative in in and of itself. Like, that's obviously if if, if it seems like that would be the right way to to go from the start. But a lot of people take that Google Translate route and think that that's going to make everything oh, better. Is god awful. Yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's awesome. So you guys are able to to kind of make it a lot, lot easier to get information from that, uh, group of people, but you, but you're able, you guys do marketing or I'm sorry, market research across, uh, all demographics, right? All these right. Different demographics. Yeah. And so, so what that allowed us to do was to get our foot in the door, mm-hmm. right. Is to have a niche where that piece we do better than pretty much anyone else. Mm-hmm. But, um, what that also allowed us to do is to grow from there. So, so for the U S army, for example, they said, um, Hey, do some, um, motivation and barrier research on Hispanics, uh, like Hispanic teenagers who may or may not want to join the army. Uh, so we did that and like, wow, that was really good. Uh, can you do this for African-Americans? And we said, yes, we can. And so we then grew that out to African-Americans, um, for, uh, covered California, so the healthcare exchange here in California. They actually came to us and they said, "Well, you know, U.S. Hispanics are the largest, uh, or Hispanics are the largest group in California. Uh, they're actually more Hispanics than the non-Hispanic whites who live here in California." Mm-hmm. So we want to know. Uh, you know, it was very successful health exchange, but after uh, three or four years, they kind of were having struggling to to get more people to sign up. And they said, "We want to do like focus groups up and down the state." of Hispanics, African-Americans, Asians, non-Hispanic whites, insured, non-insured, et cetera. But we're going to use you guys because we know that, you know, Hispanics are the biggest piece of this. And we know that, that you do that well, and that you will also give us, you know, that attention that you're paying to the Hispanic market, that you will also give it to the African-Americans, the Asians, and the non-Hispanic whites, you know, so, so, but that it was sort of a door in which we entered but now at this point, a lot of the work that we do is it general market, but with the ability to then drill down into the, the different ethnic groups. That's great. I mean, I, I think one of the, uh, you know, I like to think about what little nuggets to glean 
that a small business out there, someone, or even large business, any businesses out there, um, for me right now, the one is stop using Google Translate. And if you want to to market to or speak to folks in multicultural areas, then get people and talk to people from that culture with who who can speak that language natively, and then you you're going to get better results. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah, and 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 there's currently um, you can do market research on your own. You can. Um, um, use SurveyMonkey, for example. You, you can you can program a survey, and they'll let you use it for free. But then, when you want people to take your survey, that's where you actually have to pay something to get your survey in front of people. Mm. I think the, the 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 mistake a lot of people make is that they'll say, um, "Well, I need Hispanics, or I need Asians to take my survey." That is a huge mistake because the Hispanics isn't really a Thing. It's Mexican Americans, sure. Guatemalans, Salvadorians, Argentinians, Venezuelans, Cubans. It's very diverse. Asian. Asian isn't a thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's Koreans, Filipinos, Indians, you know, Chinese, Japanese. I mean, it, it it's it. So, um, really understanding the nuance of that is is exceedingly important. Otherwise, the 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 results you're going to get back. I could be really misleading and you know instead of actually helping you it'll actually actually stymie what you're trying to do because they were the wrong Asians who took your survey or the wrong Hispanics or the wrong consumers period so sure. so I think that's where you know a company of people who we've done this you know so so yes I've owned this company for 10 years but I've been doing market research yeah, for about 20 years my head of custom research for maybe about 25 years so so we've seen all the different scenarios where something could potentially go wrong. And so we say, okay, yeah, that happened in 1998. We're going to avoid that, you know, and we're going to, you know, so, so learning, you know, benefiting from, from experience mistakes that somebody else made so that you don't have to make them, I think is, is super helpful in yeah. with this. Wow. That is huge. I mean, that is, that whole bit right there is just super valuable advice. And I hope people are writing that down because that was really good. Um, we're, we're running out of time, but I want to make sure that you have a chance to, to tell people how to find you. I know that your partner has a, a podcast you want to let people know about. Uh, so go ahead and I'll give you the floor so that you can uh, brag yeah. on your business a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I, probably the the easiest thing that 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 someone can do is is just simply go to our website because if you go onto the blog page of our website and it's and the website's super easy. It's thinknow.com. So thinknow.com. And if you go onto the blog site, uh, well, there's two pl- two places there. There's uh, the blog and also reports that you can download. So you can download free reports, uh, and you know whatever might interest you. But also on the blog uh, site, uh, there's the most recent, you know, research that we're presenting that you might want to read about. But you can also find our my, my business partner's um, uh, podcast there as well. And he interviews a, a lot of super interesting people. I think this past week he interviewed um, the person in charge of maybe multicultural research at uh, Target. You know, uh, and so he and he also has some people from Facebook on there and Google and, you know, people who who do, you know, who are in the marketing space 
And, and he sort of has discussions with them about, you know, multicultural research. So if that's of interest to you, you can certainly find our podcast there and a, just hundreds and hundreds of reports that, that you could also download for free. Valuable stuff. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Roy. We appreciate you spending the time with us. You're very welcome, Jeff. Thank you. And as always, we thank you for listening. We hope that you'll join us next time on What Makes Them Tip? Innovations that changed everything. Take care. Thank you for listening to our show, What Makes Them Tip? Innovations that changed everything. If you're an entrepreneurial leader and you'd like to share the inspiration that changed everything in your business or venture, please visit arcalea.com slash guest and a small request. If you've liked this interview, please help us out by sharing this episode with a friend or on social with the hashtag Arcalea. You can also help us out right now by providing a review in your podcast player and a thumbs up or rating review would help a ton. We promise to read every word and it helps us improve a little bit each day. And while you're at it, please also subscribe because every week you're going to be inspired and learn from other leaders in bite-sized increments. Again, my name is Mike Strada. Let's connect either on social or stay up to date on all things business at arcalea.com. Thanks again for listening and thank you for being part of the over 99% of America's firms that make up the entrepreneurial community. Until next time.